Hello and welcome to CBuzz, a collaboration between the Columbus Chamber and CD1025. We bring you the best stories from Columbus business owners. I'm your host, Dan Swartout, and today we're talking with Mark Pasternak, the owner of Jump Goat Media. Mark, how are you doing today? Thanks for being with us. Good. Thanks for having me. Now, Mark, not only are you a, a business owner here in Columbus, you are also an in-kind partner of CBuzz. You were responsible for all of the great audio engineering on our show, why we all sound so good and the show sounds so good. So um, you, everybody out there who's listening to this has a sample of your work with them right now. So first of all, thank you so much for, for your uh, contributions to CBuzz. And why don't you tell us a little bit about Jump Goat Media, what it is that you do and, and what Jump Goat Media does? Yeah, definitely. Uh, we are a video production company. Uh, started down in Nashville, Tennessee, and then now expanded here back to Columbus, where I grew up. Um, we specialize in capturing the human side of businesses, so working from big corporations as of Kroger to a local honey company and a local uh, barn wood company. Uh, but what we really focus on is taking the stories of the business owners, the employees, the associates, and really putting a face to that company. So it's not just Kroger, you see the logo and it's all branded, but really exploring who the people are behind the business. Okay, so you, you, you grew up here in Columbus, you went to Nashville. As I've looked at your resume and your history, you have always been involved in media, in production, audio, video. That's always been where you've been at. You haven't gone and taken some other paths like some of the entrepreneurs we've talked to who are, you know, who were in the financial sector, then opened a restaurant, things like that. You've always been in video production. So what initially, as you were growing up, got you interested in the media? Uh, well, I think it, it started in uh, middle school with taking guitar lessons and then in high school being in tech and theater and doing the lights and the sound. Um, and then I was in a band, a couple bands in high school. What kind of music did you play? Uh, a little, little bit of everything, but classic rock influence. Okay. With a little 90s feel to it. Right on. So some, uh, you know, my, my, uh, my standard drop is Jimmy Eat World. I oh, think yeah. I drop them in every podcast. So oh, yeah. do you guys play any Jimmy Eat World? You know, I don't, I don't think we did, <laughs> but take them and mix it with little Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. And <laughs> okay. You got our band. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Uh, you know, but I, I wasn't the best guitarist back then. I, I played and I kind of faked it as I went, but I realized, okay, I'm in the six piece band. What's, what's keeping me here? You know, and it, I, I don't think it was the guitar. So I started to learn how to book shows. I started to learn how to run our audio. I started to learn how to manage us and really get behind more of the business side of it. Um, so I would, you know, book shows all throughout Columbus when, uh, we first started in high school. And, uh-huh. Uh Good old Scarlet and Gray. I don't know if you've been there doing I have. stand-up I, I, shows. I have. I, I'm familiar with the Scarlet and Gray, yes. <laughs> um, what was the name of your band? Just in case anyone out there remembers maybe some days on High Street back way back when. Uh, we were first called Pay Dirt. Okay. And then we kind of changed our name and rebranded ourselves to the Brothers Dirt. <laughs> about six months before we uh, fell apart. Well, then I guess the yeah. dirt aspect was apropos. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
So you're learning as initially you start out on the performance end, and then you find out that your talents maybe are better suited on the production end, and that led you to your career. Exactly. In high school, I had a good friend who interned at Prima West. Uh huh. Um, and as a high schooler, I was really wanting to get into the music industry, and you know, despite what your parents have to say about the music industry, you you realize quickly that. If you're gonna do that, you got to work your butt off, and you, right? You got to find ends, and you got to have relationships. Um, so, I ended up getting an internship in high school with Primo West, and started to talk a little bit with Scott Steinecker, the CEO there, um, because I was putting on shows just locally at our high school, um, and was just like trying to hit pay dirt, trying to hit pay dirt. <laughs> and so he gave me some good advice about starting out and putting on shows. So for two summers straight, that was kind of my that was my summer job at the old bag and ales in Westerville. Yeah, uh, the guy up there, Ross, he would give it to me for free, and I'd book anywhere from ten to twenty shows in the summer. You know, and bring anywhere from some nights it was as low as 15 people, but other nights we had 150 people. So you were building an empire while you were still in high school. I was trying. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so you end up going, um, you graduate from high school, you've done your internships, and you go to Belmont University in Nashville. Obviously, I assume that the music industry that is so prevalent in Nashville is what drew you there initially. Oh, certainly. I went there on one visit, and I, I think as a lot of people would say, as soon as they go down there, you know, there's just an energy down there. There's definitely a culture of music down there. Uh-huh. And it's a really neat place to be in, and go to tour Belmont, and you realize they have 15 studios that their students can use. It's, you know, it's, it's pretty attractive to an 18-year-old. So, so when did you make the transition from, from more of the music side of the business to video production? Because that's what Jump Goat Media specializes right, in right. now. What kind of fostered that transition? So I, I was at Belmont, and I was studying music business with an emphasis on production. So it was kind of my way of, okay, let's get a real degree in business. Right. And then on kind of on the side, it specialize and you dabble in audio right um because my real dream was to be an audio engineer and producing records and albums and you know living living my life in the studio and uh-huh so for the first two years i i jumped a few levels and got into some of the upper classes so i could start working in the studios um so i'd be going to school all week and then four to five nights a week i'd be you know in the studio for eight hours right just producing student projects and then uh starting to take on some outside work uh, but within that first two years at Belmont, quickly realized that, you know, if I'm going to do this, I'm, I'm looking at a couple years of putting in 60-hour work weeks sure. and maybe making 30 grand. Oh, wow. I mean, there's some people that do it more, but, you know, my trajectory was if I'm going to do this, I'm going to go all out. Mm-hmm. And I looked at a couple other young mentors of mine who were doing it, and they were fairly successful in terms of getting their name out there. They knew a lot of big acts. Um, they were on some big sessions, but part of their time was working at a bigger studio, you know, where they're assisting on a record. Uh huh. And you might be getting paid minimum wage, you know, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. And then your other half of the week is doing independent contractor work. Is is that kind of almost like when you're working all those hours for that limited amount of money? Is that almost kind of seen as as like an internship in that industry almost or? 
you know, just the, the way your dues are paid or? Yes and no. I think there's a couple routes okay. um, when it comes to audio engineering, especially nowadays. Um, I mean, just being in this building at Groove U, I don't, I don't think even 10 years ago, something like this would exist and be a realistic option. But uh-huh. because of how technology has changed and you can get a little inbox in a microphone and essentially create a whole record, um, the idea of an audio engineer or the idea of a producer or a musician and what the brackets of payment used to look like, it's totally different. Right. You know, but the old school route, or at least what I would think the old school route was, is working in a big studio like that, kind of as an intern, but you know, you're, I think a little past that point. Right. But what you're trying to do is work under these big engineers who are 40 and 50. Who've um, been in the game a long been time. Been in the game. They know everybody. They got a great network, you know, and they're doing really well in their career. And then taking on some of their smaller projects. So they're essentially training you beyond what you got in school and then taking on some of their clients and building your own base. Because it used to be that you could have got hired by Sony, you know, and some big companies still have that. But as an engineer, you know, you'd have your benefits. Right, right. You could be there for 20 years. You could move around. But nowadays, I would say most audio engineers are freelancers. Mm-hmm. Um, so you didn't, you didn't think that was as attractive a, a route as you got more into it and you somehow made the transition to video. Exactly. You know, I, I never thought I'd be in the video business. Uh-huh. That wasn't a forefront until probably three years ago. Um, because I was, I was always selling Skittles on the school bus. I'd go to Costco and buy a box of Skittles and sell them for a dollar, you know? So I always, you always had that streak. I always had that entrepreneurship spirit. Yeah. Um, and it kind of flows throughout our whole family. Uh, and it's, it's addictive once you, once you start to realize you can, you can make things move and you can change things and you can control your income, you know, right. slightly and, and kind of be flexible and make your own schedule. Um, so I guess those things right there, that's what I didn't like about the audio engineering world. Mm-hmm. You know, I really wanted a family that was always a, that was always a goal of mine from, I mean, since I was young, I was always wanting to be a father. And, and you're 25 now, you, you've already got, you've already got a family, you're, you're married, you have, you have a child, you have another one on the way. So you've already accomplished that goal. So I guess going in the video production route helped you get that sooner maybe than you thought you would under audio. Yeah, because I looked at audio and, and I, I just didn't want to commit what you really got to commit to really make it. Uh-huh. And whatever I, I do, I really want to do it well and I want to put my time into it. Okay. You know? Yeah. And so having a family and owning a business has got to be flexible. Right. Or you, you got to understand how to, how to balance the two and how to get those two units to really work together and understand each other. And you got to create synergy between the two. And I just didn't see that as an audio engineer. So I moved back to Columbus and transferred to Ohio State University. So, so as you're at Ohio State now, you sh- make the, sh- the shift doing freelance video work while you were still in college. Do you remember the first project that you got as a, as a freelancer? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, my brother was doing design for a friend of ours down in Pensacola, Florida. He owns a honey company mm-hmm. called East Hill Honey. And that's all he does. He's got, at that time, he had about 100, 100 hives. Um, but he wanted to do a Kickstarter to raise more funds for his small business. Mm-hmm. So we went down there and, you know, took a week and shot honeybees and 
did some interviews and created the first essentially video that I've ever shot and edited. Yeah. Uh, still one of my favorites uh-huh. out of everything I've done. It's got, it's got to have know. a real sentimental place for oh, you. Oh, definitely. So, so you, you, you're continuing to do the freelance work. You graduate from Ohio State with your degree in communications. And, and rather than, rather than, because there are some great production facilities and great production houses here in central Ohio and beyond, um, rather than try to go to work for them, you decide right off the bat, right out of college, to, to be your own boss, to be an entrepreneur. What kind of, um, what kind of made you make that decision as opposed to going to work for somebody else? Well, I think kind of in twofold. One is I interned at um, Outsider Entertainment, mm-hmm. and that was a good mix between the kind of clients that my brother's business would have and the kind of clients that Primo West would have. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of gave me, this is, this is the, in terms of the video industry, this style is where I want to be. And these are the clients I want to work with. That kind of documentarian style, the, the focus more on the individuals and the people and the stories behind the brands. Exactly. So you're working with, you know, both high and low end corporations, you're working with musicians, you're working with nonprofits. Mm -hmm. So the industries are vast, but it's that same idea of still cinematography, still beautiful video, you know, but not necessarily taking all day to set up one shot, Mm -hmm. you know, a very fast paced documentary, um, people focused video. So you decide you want to do that and you maybe don't think that there are as many avenues to do that working for somebody else, you, to, to control your own creative vision, you thought you had to kind of control the company as well? You know, I, I think it was a little less ego-driven than that. Okay. Um, but I, it goes along with my family. You know, I, I always got the advice from my dad that if you're going to start a business, do it right out of college. Do it when you're young. Do it when you can fail and there's not much to fail. Right. You know, because if you fail now, okay, I can go get a job somewhere. Uh-huh. And I think there's a lot of excellent video companies out, you know, in the Columbus market. There's a lot of sure. great audio companies out here. And, um, you know, if my own business doesn't work out, there's a lot of great places I'd be very happy to go and very happy to work at that are really creative. Um, but kind of why not? Right. You know? Yeah, if you're young. Can, you're, you're young, you, you don't, like like you said, there's not, you don't already have, and I think that's one of the things that when I talk to people about entrepreneurs or, or starting your own business, if you've got 10, 15 years in at a company, in on a job, you've accumulated money in your 401k, you're used to a certain lifestyle, you've got your benefits that are accruing, all of a sudden you cut all of that off to make the leap out on your own, you, there's a lot more potentially that, that you could lose than if you're 22 or 23 and, and hey, I'm still living in a, in a 900 square foot apartment and, and my only benefits are, you know, how many, you know, how much food I've got in the fridge that week. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, there's definitely some fire under your butt once you get married and that, yes, yes. You know, for some crazy reason, I got married three weeks out of college. <laughs> and then the day after, we drove down to Nashville and flew out for a honeymoon. So you're going down to Nashville uh, to, to go back with this artist development company right after you're getting married. And, and what, what happens with that? So I moved down to Nashville and started this artist development company. Right. And video was part of that. Um, 
But then, you know, my wife got pregnant. I was looking for more gigs and the video gigs just kept coming and coming more than the artist development gigs. And they started paying a lot more. Mm -hmm. And then I started working for Kroger. They became a really big client doing a lot of internal videos for them and some uh, social media web videos for them. Mm -hmm. So at that point, I kind of made the decision, okay, you know, let's, let's pull all my attention on one thing. So instead of doing these six or seven different items that either I'd try to do, I'd try to learn, or I'd have other contractors do, let me just stick to video, you know, what I know. Um, and, you know, audio is what I know. So let's put this together and let's just, let's just do that for a little while, mm -hmm. you know, and see where that goes. And so that started to really pick up um, and starting to get... While you're still in Nashville. While I'm still in Nashville, okay. starting to get other clients. And then I took on my first part-time worker. He started really in the beginning with me. He helped me build a, build the studio that we had. Mm -hmm. So in my buddy's basement, he had a small business and then there's some musicians that lived in his house. And so we <laughs> demolished the basement. Classic Nashville, though. Yeah, yeah. You know, businesses are run out of homes. And and, and, and musicians are sleeping on your couch. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we demolished the basement and, you know, built a, built a studio. But talk about young people. I'm young, but he was 18 or 19 when I met this kid. Wow. Has yeah. he been with you the whole time been since then? He's been with us the whole time. Wow. He's still with us now. Um, and he's got a neat story. He was homeschooled and... Didn't want to go to college because he didn't want to go into debt. Didn't quite know what he wanted to do. But and he found you. You know, and I you got, found him exactly. And he started to put in sixteen-hour days building the studio, working till two or three in the morning, and working his butt off. That's great. And I quickly realized that's the that's the type of employee you want to have. The type of employee you want to have. You right. Know? That's. I think that's the culture every business kind of dreams of. Is how do how do I get these employees that will go above and beyond? Yeah. And so when we were done with essentially artist development and just moving to video, you know, he comes in to the studio and it's like, well, do you have any other work for me? And in my head, I'm like, no, I got, you know, I'm like barely making it by, but I could, you know, I, I had to keep him around. Sure. With a guy who's working that hard. Yeah. You know, and I, I knew I wanted to eventually make the leap from a freelancer, independent contractor, a videographer to create a business. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I wanted him around. So I was like, sure, you know. So he managed our social media for a couple months, uh -huh. and then it just kind of hit me where, you know, I I picked up video from interning at Outsider Entertainment, working at Promo West Productions, uh -huh. that college gig I had with my professor, um, doing some work with my brother, and so I was taught. I didn't go to school for it, but I learned, you know, two or three different styles from different people, and really picked it up. Enough, at least I think, to create a business out of it, you know, and we're getting gigs and doing work. So something must something's be. Something's working. Something's working. So you, you Jump Coat Media, it's a fun name. How exactly did you come up with that name, Jump Goat Media? Oh, that's a funny story. Um, well, that's why I was hoping. That's why I asked. <laughs> Uh, whether you because so many times and, and as we've talked about on previous episodes of Seabuzz, you know the name is something that's kind of overlooked when you're naming your business, but it's something that is so uh, so important and crucial to the long term success of your business. Oh yeah, it's like the last thing you want to think about as a business owner, right? Because you got it, you know, ten thousand other things. Absolutely. 
but it's a name you got to live with for the rest of the business's <laughs> existence. Exactly. Right. I'm the youngest of four, so I've always been used to, you know, getting crap. I got three older brothers. And I was never, you know, that that good in school. I was always a CB student, and English was always my least favorite subject. And I don't know if it's that reason or me just being me, but I come up with weird phrases all the time. Uh-huh. And, you know, I say things all the time that don't make sense, and my family loves to rag on me for it. And one of them, my wife, when my wife and I were engaged, she was getting really excited about wedding planning, uh-huh. and going on and on about this and that, and I'm driving somewhere on the phone and probably coming home from work and not too excited about it. You've got your business on your mind. Right, you know, and I'm like, whoa, 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 honey, don't get your goats jumping until it's time. <laughs> And she carries on conversation, and then about five minutes later, she goes, wait a second, that's not a phrase. That's not a thing. <laughs> so, you know, that's just one of the many. My wife's always always telling me she's going to make a Twitter account just just for all the phrases I have and put it up there. And, uh-huh. Um, yeah, we'll, so we'll that's see. how you got the name. That's how I got the name. That phrase, from, from that phrase, from that wedding phrase, conversation. So. I'd always hear that phrase every time we had family dinners. And then I was like, okay, what do I name my business? You know, I was asking my brothers, asking my wife. And what about somebody said jump coat? You know, it kind of, it just stuck. The barriers to entry in your field aren't what they used to be because of technology. You know, the, the, the amount of editing and video production you can accomplish on your computer. You don't need to buy $10,000 machines. You can do it on your computer. The cost of video cameras have come down. So the barrier to entry into your field isn't what it once was. What I like about it is it takes us all back to the basics, all back to what makes a good video, uh-huh. you know, what makes a good record. And it's really the people behind that video, the people behind that record. And what are they trying to say and how do they say it? Because it's not so much about the camera, but who's behind the camera. Right. You know, because one of my biggest inspirations growing up in the video industry um, was a, is, he's a guy named Casey Neistat, and he just shoots on a, on a Canon point-and-shoot. You know, I think he's beyond that now, but right. all his videos are shot on a $100 camera. And they were, he, he does some of those videos where he's traveling all over the world and, and things like that. Exactly, and it's engaging. You know, it's... it's the intentionality behind the video, behind the story, and how do you tell that story visually with uh-huh. the tools that you have? So Cause, whether because you could shoot a video and upload it on your phone. Oh yeah, and and, and, the, and the phone technology um, for a video is is what a camcorder was maybe ten years ago. I mean, it's it's really uh, or maybe even five th- years ago. There's commercials on national TV that are shot on an iPad. Wow, wow. So you, it really allows you right. then as, as, as a creative person, as an artist, to, to let your work demonstrate why you are so proficient, competent, and successful. Exactly. So you're able through your work to demonstrate why, why Jump Goat Media is, is so successful and chosen by so many clients. What is it specifically that makes... Jump Goat Media and Mark Pasternak so unique. I think what what's really special about Jump Goat is we're really focused on people and community. Uh-huh. And so it really starts internally with yes there's only 3 of us and yes we're really small, but we also work with a network of contractors when we have to. Um and we work off the belief that people come first. Sure. 
and that if you treat people right, then everything else will follow. And if you create a culture that is encouraging, a culture that's empowering, a culture that supports each other in both business and personal matters, uh-huh. then I think what a lot of companies, as they grow and as they scale, they need to keep that company culture. They need to keep that core values, you know, and my philosophy in terms of hiring and taking people on is hiring people on who they are. So you might hire somebody who doesn't have a whole lot of video experience with the belief that you you like what they would bring to the the culture of the company and you can impart that training to them to get them up to speed on that level so long as they bring to the table what you're looking for from a culture standpoint. Exactly. And we're, we're to the point now that somebody, they need to have something, you know, they need to have one thing that is going to add value to our business mm-hmm. because quality obviously has to come first. And that it's, it's kind of on the same tier with treating people right. You know, I think people come first, but then you got to focus on your product, and that's got to be high quality. Yeah. Um, but you got to look internally. So from making the jump to a, a from a freelancer to a company, I have to really know my strengths and my weaknesses, and understand. Okay, what am I really good at? You know, wh- where are my weaknesses? Uh huh. And then how do I fill those? When we hired Josh, I realized I'm not an English major, as you know. <laughs> I can put a story together visually. Right. But when it comes to scripting and coming up with ideas and copywriting and writing out shot lists and scenes, that's not my forte. And so from going from an independent contractor to a business owner, one of our strong suits now is pre-production. You know, one of our selling points is what we can do with the client on the front end. Mm-hmm. And that's really come from Josh. And and he filled that area exactly. that you needed filled from your own assessment of your own strengths and right. weaknesses. Exactly. And he, you know, he picked up a camera every now and again when he traveled to Europe. He shot some video, but never anything professionally. So I took him and took his strength as a writer and had him focus on our pre-production process and had him focus on the stories that we're going to tell. And then on the other end of that, I started teaching him the technical side of, of film, essentially, or, or video nowadays. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, as a company and as we're growing, we're really able to take the weaknesses that we do have and when we add a person... They come on maybe for one specialty, mm-hmm. and then we'll teach them the meat of our business, which is video. You know, as your company is growing, do you find uh, as you get busier, as you take on more clients, do you find there are any challenges to maintaining that corporate culture, and how do you deal with those challenges? The one thing that we lack as a young company. You know, as a company that takes on people and essentially we train each other and we train ourselves, we're big on continued education, is what you touched on earlier. We, we don't have a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. You know, we haven't worked in this industry for 10 years. We haven't worked in that industry for 15 years. So we're not bringing our past experiences to this company. We are experiencing together for together, the first time. And we're failing a lot together for uh-huh. the first time. And right. I think... That's a that's a big part of our culture too because we all we all are young, you know, but we're all hungry, we're all driven, and we're all passionate. Um, and there's there's nothing that says that a bunch of young twenty somethings can't start a business and be really successful. Right. And so that's kind of 
the fire under our butts and that's that's what that's what we're going for um but we have to acknowledge that and and i think we we do a lot internally it's like okay we have a lack of experience what areas this month can we focus on to really grow or what mentor can we seek out you know this next six months to really learn from and tell him what we're doing and see what the best way to go about it is. Mark Pasternak, Jump Goat Media. Obviously, we love all the work you do here with us at CBuzz. And and as a, an example of your work, you're listening to it right now because Mark is our audio engineer and in-kind partnership with CBuzz. Thank you so much for all the great work you do. And thank you so much for being our guest today, Mark. It has been fantastic. How could somebody find out more about Jump Goat media online through social media why don't you tell us tell us that uh go to our website www.jumpgoatmedia.com or we're on facebook instagram twitter everywhere 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 trying to be myspace you got a myspace page still kicking uh who knows maybe (laughs) maybe for pay dirt (laughs) mark thanks again it's been great we've had we've had a real good time here and thank you for listening to cbuzz i'm your host dan swordout cbuzz is recorded here at grooveview studios mark pasternak who's been our guest is our audio engineer delara casey is our producer we hope you have enjoyed today's show and we will catch you next time here on cbuzz thank you so much